We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Fantasy Football Podcast presented by FanClash.com. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016. I'm Jake Letarski here alongside Eric Gatturi. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow me at jakeski52. You can follow Eric at etcat30. If you happen to be listening to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and can take a moment to leave us a nice rating and review, it is very much appreciated. Any and all feedback is appreciated as well. Eric, I know it was a big NBA night and some uh, college basketball too in Maui here, but I think you and I both got a chance to uh, tune into this game in Mexico City where the Raiders came out on top 27 to 20 here. Uh, I mean, the big story heading into this game was the elevation being played in Mexico City, 7,500 feet. But overall, I mean, looking at the box score and the fantasy production, I don't think that had a huge effect on the game here. I mean, is, is any any not- noticeable things? I mean, Lamar Miller still got his workload. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i actually kind of surprised that Brock Os- Osweiler actually surpassed 200 yards. I think last week he only had mm-hmm. 97 in a win. So I know, ridiculous, right? Like, yeah. you just... Oh, I mean, man, we saw so DeAndre Hopkins play yeah. a little bit better, and he did have a touchdown rob from him. He obviously did not step out of bounds, Late. but they whistled him. And oh, you, you can't challenge that once you whistle the play dead. So yes. DeAndre Hopkins owners, it's basically throwing salt on the wound like he's having a bad year, and then you get robbed of a touchdown. Ouch. Yeah, and since I was watching that game in a bar, there was not you know any audio for that game, so I had no idea like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. So he just stepped out of bounds. Or they whistled him. They whistled him, him as if he stepped out of but bounds. But he did not. Upon further review, Jeez. he clearly did not. That so. would have totally changed the game right there. Yeah, that would. I mean, because that was early in the game too, so the whole outcome could have just been you know butterfly effect. If you yeah. if you like those old uh, was it Ashton Kutcher was in that movie yes. or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, average flick. But yeah, Lamar Miller. I was a little bit concerned about his workload heading into this game with the elevation. He's one of the most frequently used backs in the National Football League. He still carried the ball 24 times for 104 yards, scored a touchdown, also caught two passes for nine yards on three targets. I mean, there were a couple times during long sustained drives that. Uh, that he, he had to be pulled out of the game. He was clearly breathing pretty heavy. Uh, but I don't know, did it cost him fantasy points or opportunities to score? Man, I don't know. I mean, they went to Akeem Hunt on a, on some short-yarded situations. That's also another story of the game there. Uh, just really questionable spotting of the football in short-yarded situations yeah. when it was uh, very, very uh, you know important to the course of the game here. So, I don't know, a lot going on there. But Lamar Miller's still the guy. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to know this breakdown of snaps, i just look this up right now. Lamar Miller logged 57 of 76 offensive snaps. That's 75%. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's well below like what he's been doing this season. But that allowed Akeem Hunt to actually get 16 snaps, mm-hmm. which is 21%. I mean, but he did nothing with those snaps. Exactly. Five we were, carries for negative two yards. Yeah, like he personally he was a spec ad in one league just to see like what he would do, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, both Alfred Blue and Jonathan Grimes out. But, you know. <laughs> that was uninspiring. It's not like I started him. It was just, hey, exactly. maybe he'll uh, actually uh, get involved in this offense. Yeah, and uh, last but not least, I mean, we got to talk about, uh, I just want to touch on C.J. Fedorowicz of the Texans side. Mm-hmm. He finished this game with a pretty decent performance, six carry, or six catches on a team-high 10 targets for 82 yards, did not find the end zone, still mildly productive. Uh, he's an interesting person to rank for me because he seems like he's getting the usage and the volume, but then again, Brock Osweiler is his quarterback, and I wrote a wire right now we might update this uh, as the week goes on if our, our minds change in 91. But we have him as the 16th overall tight end. I mean, would you still put him behind guys like Cameron Braid, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz? Um, no, I, I think he's I think he's surpassed Hunter Henry for sure, just because mm-hmm. Antonio Gates has really come on, you know, mm-hmm. at least in advance of their bye week that just yep. happened. Um, but I don't know. I, he's probably in the same realm as like Zach Ertz. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. So like fringe tight end one in 12-team yeah. league is what we're looking at but for CJ Fedorowicz. I, I, I did look into... Um, I, I did look into my league where I could, uh, you know, look at a segment of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually a, our stake league, which is non-PPR. Okay. Uh, so the span from week four to, you know, the most recent week, eight weeks, eight games rather. Mm-hmm. During that eight-game stretch, he's actually the number six tight end in terms of non-PPR. Mm-hmm. So that's just uh, looking at yardage specifically. Yep. So if you're starting C.J. Fedorowicz, you're not necessarily doing something wrong. He's yeah. he's warrant of uh, some tight end one 
consideration if you need to. I mean, there's a league where I drafted Dwayne Allen, then reverted to Doyle, and then bid a lot for Hunter Henry, then cut Hunter Henry, and I'm settling in on C.J. Fedorowicz yeah. as we go into the playoffs, and I'm feeling pretty pretty good about it, all right? But that's enough about the losing side. Let's talk about the Raiders. <laughs> Derek Carr, 21 for 31, 295 yards, three touchdowns. Of course, the real story was the backs. The backs were the top two receivers, and, and Jamiz Olawale catching three for 90 yards, Latavius Murray catching five for 59 yards. Murray only carried the ball 12 for 33, so a largely ineffective team rushing day they i mean 20 rushes for 30 yards it's a yard and a half per carry very poor you wouldn't expect a team to win under those circumstances but the raiders pulled it off and then of course amari cooper pretty much had the game ceiling touchdown in here i mean Derek carr the raiders are eight and two i mean if they <laughs> if they end up with uh you know a one or two seed in the afc he should get some mvp votes yeah and who would have thought before the season we might have a potential like dallas you know oakland Super Bowl like mm-hmm. I mean it that'll could happen ra- that'll get some ratings for sure there's no doubt <laughs> that would be that. that would be a classic clash oh yeah and then the other thing I, uh, quick on this box score I want to point out before moving on Crabtree just three catches on seven targets for a total of five yards so very very disappointing day but if he, you started Michael Crabtree he did uh he did have a catch uh, or potential catch in the back of the end zone that he couldn't corral you may recall that one where he mm-hmm. you know he had the ball but as he was going out like you know, lost control of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been 20 yards in a TD added onto the stat line, pr- roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately for the Raiders, they get the Panthers next week who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have had their problems with past defense. So I think Cooper and Crabtree could both be in for a big week here. But let's move on to the waiver wire slash free agent acquisition budget portion of our fantasy football podcast. Remember, all fab recommendations based on a 12-team standard format with a $100 budget. Percent owned figures, I took those pretty late Monday evening. Those are, of course, subject to change on a, uh, you know, as leagues with the first come, first serve waivers are process. Week 12 buys, there are none. There are three Thanksgiving Day games, so you're going to have to wake up early on Turkey Day, get your lineup set. But overall, uh, no buys to worry about this week, so everyone's in play. But we're not done with buys, because next week we've got the Browns and the Titans with a week 13 buy. So just mm-hmm. not, a, not a lot to like there. Quarterback-wise, uh, last week it was mostly a two-quarterback league wrap-up, and that's uh, you know another uh, – today our updates for you in the quarterback department are going to be mostly for two-quarterback leagues. But we're going to throw out a stream option, and I think this is pretty – it's a pretty chalk stream option. But the way the Packers' secondary has been playing the last few weeks, you have to think about picking up and potentially starting Carson Wentz in the Monday night matchup here. Is that uh, – a decent play? Yeah, I would say so. Um, during the Packers' four-game losing streak, and could soon be five, unfortunately for us Packers fans. Anyway, during that four-game losing streak, they've given up at least 20 points to three different quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. 27 to Kirk Cousins, 27 to Marcus Mariota, and 23 to Matt Ryan. The only other one during that stretch that didn't reach it was Andrew Luck, who had 12. But, you know, they obviously clearly won that game. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and, and Cousins, I mean, that was 27 points in swirling wins and stuff yeah. like that. And, okay, those are four pretty good quarterbacks. I'd say all four of those quarterbacks would probably rank in the top 10 this season. But that being said, I think, uh, you know, as long as Green Bay is not all of a sudden getting healthy, Carson Wentz has to be in consideration yeah. here. And he, and he uh, is only owned in 35% of ESPN leagues, so that's just something to note. Yeah, like if you woke up and forgot to set your lineup on Thanksgiving and, you know, you left Stafford or something on your bench, you got to pick someone up late. Yeah. Or in a two-quarterback league, once might be a decent option. Speaking well, of those two – oh, go ahead. You had I was going to say, Andrew Luck, concussion protocol, may Ooh. not play this yeah. Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if you're an Andrew Luck owner, like mm-hmm. – 
that's that's somebody who's sitting out there that's right for the picking. Yeah, out of all our two quarterback league updates, I think that's the most significant. Andrew Luck in concussion protocol. They have a short week, too, so that hurts his chances, if anything. Uh, Scott Tolzien uh, could get the chance to start for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, not only does that knock the Colts' chances of winning, it knocks down the over-under on that ball game. It knocks down T.Y. Hilton a few spots in the week. knocks down Dante Moncrief a few spots in the week here. So uh, a situation that could potentially reverberate throughout all fantasy owners. So keep an eye on Andrew Luck there. Not that we advocate picking up and starting Tolzien, but he'll be a starter if you're in a deep two-quarterback league. Yes. All right. Yeah, another concussion, Cody Kessler. That's another one for him. Man, he just keeps getting battered this year. Back to Josh McCown. So, I mean, if you're really desperate, I guess Josh McCown will also start this week. Yeah. Uh, who Who's Cleveland playing again? Jeez, uh, oh, off the top of my head. Well, I guess it's like who is going to be the number one owned pick in Survivor this season, uh, yeah, essentially, right. is who you're asking here. But I'm looking, and the Browns have got – uh, the Giants this week before uh, yes. a bye week. So uh, yeah, I, I think I saw a graphic on um, on the, the Browns' chances of winning games. You know, earlier this season, it was probably roughly three or four weeks ago. But uh, at that point, the Giants were actually their best chance to actually pull off a victory uh, to avoid the you know yeah. a winless season. I mean, because after that they got a bye. You can't win then. And then yes. And then you got the Bengals, the Bills, the Chargers, and the Steelers, all of which they're going to be underdogs in. Mm-hmm. So I guess we will see uh, the Browns. You know, it didn't take us long to erase all the undefeated teams, but uh, still a winless team on the board. A couple more two quarterback league updates. Jay Cutler has got a shoulder injury facing a multi game absence. Of course, uh, Cameron to, to the dismay of Cameron Meredith owners. Brian Hoyer won't be picking up starting duties because, of course, a forearm injury. He's on the IR. That means former USC Trojan Matt Barkley would be the next man up. I, uh, I think he. I think he's actually going to be the next man up because Cutler was actually di- diagnosed with a torn labrum. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. I so mean, I mean, not nice, but like we actually have information on this since yeah. the last time I looked. So late breaking news on the podcast yet, yeah, believed to be a torn labrum. He will seek a second opinion, regardless. Chances are he's not going to play. Yeah, twelve. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem prudent of you know the Bears to actually trot him out there with that type of injury, and that their season's already lost. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's they're playing for a top draft pick here, but of course, you know they got to chase Matt Cleveland. Barkley. They got to chase wow. Cleveland here. So <laughs> brutal. All right. Uh, looks like Bryce Petty's out in his duties uh, for the Jets. Uh, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Week Twelve starter. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, after you know starting the season with ten interceptions in the first four games, that was fueled by a five interception effort, I think, in week three. Uh, he's actually fared okay in the meantime. Fifty-seven percent passing, one hundred ninety-four yards per game, four to three touchdown interception ratio. It's those are modest numbers. He actually uh, he also hasn't lost any of his seven fumbles this season, which is amazing. Jeez, so he could so his turnover differential could be even worse. Yeah, so maybe if you're two quarterback league doesn't take away points for turnovers and there's 16 different owners in it then maybe you look look at someone like Fitz but I don't know I'm just yeah. I just don't feel great about it then of course Jared Goff gets to start again against the Saints uh in a, in a dome I mean it's actually a decent matchup for for the kid and uh hopefully he can put up some fantasy numbers I do have one Goff share in a best ball league so I guess we'll see what happens if I'm ever going to get to use his points it might be this week yeah I would say it's this week <laughs> of course against the Saints here let's move to running backs Eric we're last week we discussed cj procise of course got off to a great start with that 70 plus yard touchdown then broke his scapula he's out for the season he moves from top ad of the week to your first guy you're gonna drop excuse me last week we also Mm -hmm. uh talked about the chicago bears running backs 
neither of which matter because Jordan Howard plays and it looks like he's going to continue to play. Uh, we talked a little James Starks, which gets complicated with the Christine Michaels signing. Uh, we, you know, we'll check up on that in a sec. And then, of course, Rob Kelly, we, we did a little rehash last week. He has to be your top waiver wire target if he's available. Yeah. It's worth taking a second and typing in Rob Kelly. Yeah, scored three times against the Packers. I didn't even know this, but uh, Michelle Tafoya actually brought up yeah, it was Michelle Tafoy on Sunday night mm-hmm. brought up to uh, or during the post game with Rob Kelly. Oh, did you know you're the third undrafted uh, rookie to actually have 20 plus carries in three straight games? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that uh, Isaiah. I'm pretty sure Isaiah Crowell was an undrafted free agent. I'm surprised he never hit that mark in his rookie yeah. year. But uh, I guess there was a lot of like Ben Tate and and just other confusion going on there in Cleveland. Right. So. Which one is there not? But uh, but uh, good for Rob Kelly. He needs to be owned everywhere. He's someone that'll help you in the playoffs here. Uh, we do want to check up on the availability of Thomas Rawls because, of course, after the Seahawks cut Christine Michael, which was after last week's show, they then went ahead and you know started Procise out for the season with a broken scapula. Uh, then you know now, now there's Thomas Rawls, who's owned in about three quarters of both Yahoo and ESPN leagues. Although he emerged from the game a little bit banged up. I mean, is it Thomas Rawls this week, or do we see maybe some Alex Collins as a good pickup? I would say we're going to, I mean, you could make a spec ad if you're in a really deep league on Alex Collins, sure. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think we're really going to know much about Rawls' health until, you know, Wednesday. Um, And we'll see how he proceeds through the week. We have no injury to note, though. Like, Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll, all he said on Monday is he's a little banged up, and that's because it was his first action since week two. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could just be... I don't know. We'll see if he can actually handle all the all the reps on Wednesday. That's, That's all I can really say. Exactly. If we run out of all these guys uh, that we're about to talk about, then maybe Collins works his way in there. But something to watch the news for sure. Yeah, maybe guess, he's a minimum price option in DFS. Then yeah, maybe there's that too. In, in addition to CJ Procise, you know, getting knocked out for the season. Well, at least until the playoffs, the legitimate, you know, actual NFL playoffs, at least. Um, Tremoyne Pope, I think that's how you say yep. his name. He actually suffered a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. So he was the There's third running back that absence. was active. Yep. So yeah, um, Alex Collins would be the number two back behind Rawls mm-hmm. and potentially, you know, work his way into that backfield <laughs> yeah speaking of digging deep here what about wendell smallwood of the eagles he could be worth a look darren sproles is dealing with a rib injury but he's expected to play ryan matthews uh pretty much was not used a whole lot in sunday's game he's dealing with a knee injury he's been pretty limited so i guess smallwood's the next on the depth chart he you know he had a couple fumbles earlier in the year and uh i mean you know never really got he's gonna have to compete with Kenyon barner as well but our own kevin payne recommends a eight to twelve dollar fab bid on someone like Ke- wendell smallwood Smallwood. Granted, that's pretty speculative, and granted, you have to have fab money left at this point. But if you do, <laughs> Smallwood, someone you know, you know, I actually picked him up in our 16-team staffer uh, two weeks ago when I was uh, desperate because I had Devonte Booker and Devonte Freeman on uh, <laughs> both on the same right. buy. So right. I picked up Smallwood because I didn't have other options. But I guess I'm going to hang on to him now. No, you have to. Um, I mean, what what was his uh, line like this past weekend? You know, after those guys uh, got knocked out of the game. I mean, it was still a pretty modest line from what I can remember. It looks like uh, 13 carries for 48 yards, yeah. four catches for 31 yards on five targets. So that's really the nice part is the pass catching. So, uh, 38 offensive snaps. That was by far a season high. Yeah. So I mean, if you're getting eight points out of the, out of a guy that you you know merely picked up in the in uh, because of crisis, you know, with your uh, fantasy team, it's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking of crisis here, uh, let's run to the Green Bay Packers backfield. (laughs) 
because uh, you know maybe the backfield's not the crisis. I think the I think the uh, backfield is more of an effect of of their downfall than really a cause of the downfall. But nonetheless, they did go ahead and pick up Christine Michael off of waivers after Seattle dropped him here. And uh, now James Starks, he was the lead back. I don't think they were quite ready to incorporate Michael in that brutal loss on Sunday night, but the team really badly needs a running back, and it's not like Starks has done a lot. Is there a chance they go to Christine Michael more, or do you see this as more of a, a Niall Davis repeat from earlier in the year? Yeah, on Monday, Mike McCarthy actually acknowledged that he wants to get Christine Michael actually involved in the game plan, mm-hmm. which is encouraging, considering he's you know, he had a nice run there with Seattle earlier this season, even though he kind of fell off at the end. Four yards per carry, seven touchdowns total, caught 20 of 26 passes. I think Rodgers is actually going to like his varied skill set, yep. which is, you know, I it, I think it's just an upgrade. Like, you're getting an upgraded James Starks mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You see, here's how I see it. Seattle this year, you know, after they won their titles, they had to start paying their big defensive players. Yeah. And, uh, you know, your Michael Bennett's, Cam Chancellor's, those types of players, Earl Thomas, you know, Sherman, all those guys had to get big checks. So the Seahawks had to sacrifice somewhere in terms of payroll. They sacrificed offensive line big time and put a rig yeah. tag group together. And Christine Michael was able to be fantasy productive behind that offensive line. Now, the Packers, I know, like, back back TR is a little bit banged up and they've got some injuries but the Packers offensive line has overall that's like the least area of blame for the Packers struggles here they're actually been able to protect Aaron Rodgers pretty well throughout the course of this season uh, you yeah, know, even, they haven't ran the ball but they haven't had sure. any backs so yeah, it's even, an upgrade for offensive yeah. line for Christine Michael I yeah, guess even with uh, like our center position you know being you know banged up with JC Treader missing multiple games yeah and then uh and then TJ Lang also dealing with injury David Bakhtiari seems like he has a shoulder injury right now uh he does yep <laughs> <laughs> he he suffered that apparently in pregame warm-ups on uh Sunday Ouch. Sunday evening so yeah, and then Barkley I think was hurt a little bit too so yeah so I mean they are getting a little, a little more banged up as the season goes on but you know we have seen Rodgers be protected all season mm-hmm. yeah exactly so i mean i still i still would put it even though they're a little bit banged up and you want to check on the status of that group i would still give it a little bit of an offensive line upgrade for christine michael gonna throw out some honorable mentions your way of course uh veteran tim hightower is back in play mark ingram <laughs> is dealing with concussion so if i mean it's basically if ingram has to miss the game um then i guess hightower is worth starting otherwise i mean it's a tough matchup against the rams defensive line that's pretty stout but uh but of course if uh, ingram does clear protocol ingram's the guy hightower out of play yeah the, and the good thing about or the good thing if you're a mark ingram owner is they played last thursday so he has a little more time to actually recover from this concussion mm-hmm. to get through all the five steps of the protocol. Absolutely. A couple more honorable mentions here. I got to talk Mike Gillisley. It seems like we talk about this dude all the time. But LaShawn McCoy's had thumb surgery after the game, and they're saying that he's going to play on Sunday already, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. And I think that Mike Gillisley should be back in the fantasy picture just in case, especially as an insurance policy for those shady owners. Yeah, you would think like maybe he'll still get you know, a plurality of the carries, like most of the carries, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his pass-catching chops are going to be impacted if he indeed had thumb surgery. Um, so that actually brings Gillisley into the four. Like, he's he's a really good pass-catcher. Mm-hmm. He's averaged 5.6 yards per carry. He's scored two touchdowns over the last three games. Yeah. He, you can't really deny what he's mm-hmm. been doing this season. Mm-hmm. McCoy's Sunday status is uh, still a little bit in flux. I mean, you know, we've heard from both sides of the camp there, so something yeah. to watch out for. One last honorable mention, I mean, Dwayne Washington got a t- Team high 13 carries Sunday against Jacksonville. He's clearly, the Lions 
are, are just going to use him as their between the tackle runner no matter what. Yeah. He just got six yards, but like Dwayne Washington, like a poor man's Matt Asiata, maybe someone who gets mm-hmm. limited carries, not a good yards per carry, but may or may not has a slight chance of getting a touchdown every week. That's kind of how you see Washington. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I still like Theo Riddick by far um, oh, yeah, among anybody. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not trying to discount Riddick. I'm just saying, like, if you're in a 20-team a yeah. touchdown-only pool, I guess you would call it at that point, then maybe Dwayne Washington has a decent chance to score. Again, and semi-honorable mention there. Yeah, so Amir Abdullah, you know, he's been on IR for a while this season. Mm-hmm. He's actually going to be evaluated today, Tuesday this week. No way. Yeah. I have, I have him in like three best ball leagues that that I that I can't make moves in and I'm stuck. So, so I'm excited about that possibility. Yeah. So he he uh, they're gonna see they're gonna see if he can actually practice, mm-hmm. and if he can practice, that would open his 21 day window to return, meaning he could be back at some point during the fantasy playoffs. So that's mm-hmm. just something to throw out there when it comes to the Lions backfield. Yeah, so I mean if you intend on going deep into the fantasy playoffs, basically if you've been listening to the show all year long, yeah. go ahead and uh, maybe think about him as a speculative ad there. Yeah. If you love to play fantasy football and think you know more about it than the rest of the sports world, we have a website for you. Put that fantasy knowledge to the test on Fan Clash Trivia, the number one sports trivia site for cash and prizes. Of course, Rotowire has teamed up with FanClash.com to bring you NFL trivia with real cash prizes on the line. I mean, there's free contests that you can uh, get in on the action uh, just to test the waters there. Again, it's free to join, and, and some of those contests actually offer cash prizes. So, uh, you know, we've got Rotowire experts on there. And also, it's just a fun way to test your sports trivia knowledge with the fantasy lean. So uh, once again, go to fanclash.com now uh, to sign up. Or, I'm sorry, it's fanclash.com slash rotowire to sign up now. Again, free to create an account. Might as well check it out. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're a fantasy nut like we are, it's something uh, that could be kind of fun. So uh, absolutely worth a, a look there here. Eric, wide receivers now. Uh, the next part of the show, we've got a couple guys we talked about last week. Cameron Meredith was one. Tyreek Hill was another one. Both of those guys, I'm just, I'm not quite sure they're worth a roster spot, like being hang, hung on to. Mm-hmm. You know, I started Meredith last week, but I think I very well could be cutting him this week just because, um, because uh, I mean, Matt Barkley's their quarterback, and I, I, I just, I don't see that offense really being in any way productive. I mean, maybe Meredith, because Zach Miller's gone too, and, and Eddie Royal's still a little bit banged up. Maybe Meredith gets some because he's the absolute only option there. But do you start him in the fantasy playoffs? That's a really risky uh, game you're playing. <laughs> I, I mean, if I if I have I, if I still have some healthy bear wideouts or receiver, I'll just say receiving options, whether it's wideouts or tight ends. Mm-hmm. I I mean I don't think many people have Logan Paulson, so I think we're focusing mostly on like Cameron Meredith, Eddie Royal, even Marcus Wilson, but. I, I don't really want to hang on to those guys or trust in those guys at all when it comes to, you know, the next few weeks of fantasy. I mean, Matt Barkley did make an appearance this season. It was... I was there. It was at Lambeau Field. I watched it on a Thursday night game. So you were, probably, this you, were, you were probably chuckling. Yeah, it, it was pretty <laughs> funny. I, I texted our own John McKechnie like, hey, do you got any funny anti-Matt Barkley chants just because he's uh, <laughs> just because he's a... Um, uh, well, he's our college football guy. And right, right. I don't know. Hey, I didn't have a whole lot there. He basically just said, Mark Sanchez is better, enough said. So, they, I mean, there's your comparison right there. But, yeah, overall, Meredith is kind of a fringe ownership option now, given the quarterback situation. I think you, you did mention Tyreek Hill, though. He's had at least five targets in four straight games. And, and he tends to get a carry here and there, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I think you can, I think it's safe to say you can probably expect roughly 50 yards 
who knows, you know, how many catches they'll actually get. It might only be two for 50. It might be four for 50. So maybe but, maybe an eight to 10 you know, point floor in like a PPR yeah. format. And that yeah. makes him have some fantasy utility. So yeah, there you exactly. go. Yeah, so someone to think about there here. But the big, the top wide receiving free agent targets in fantasy this week are uh, these guys go hand in hand, and it's because of the injury to AJ Green. Of course, partially torn, possibly significantly torn hamstring. We'll kind of see on his status by the end of the week. Marvin Lewis seems to think he'll make an appearance before the end of the season. I wonder myself and Marv, if Marvin Lewis will make it to the end of the season himself. But that aside, here both Tyler Boyd and Brandon LaFell come into play. Boyd owned in 7% of Yahoo, 5% of ESPN formats. Brandon LaFell owned in 11% in each here. Of course, we've got the A.J. Green situation. I mean, if you had to order your bids, Eric, this week, I mean, I, I definitely have leagues where I bid on both of these guys. I bid on one higher than the other here. Like, how, how are you approaching this situation? I mean, does Boyd get the big leap in the absence of Green and LaFell stay the same? Or does LaFell go way up and Boyd just kind of squeeze in five to seven targets? Yeah, I'm checking out uh, LaFell's. So... <laughs> <laughs> I would say just because of the production for the respective players of late, um, LaFell only has, uh, let's see here, six catches over the last three games, whereas Boyd is consistently getting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at least five targets. I, I would say Boyd is, um, you know, number one. If I'm, uh, He's above LaFell if I'm ranking wideouts this week. Yes, exactly. And I'm looking at our waiver wire column right now. Kevin Payne likes Tyler Boyd in the fifteen to twenty five dollar bid range, where Brandon LaFell lands in the five to ten dollar bid range. What I did in one of my personal leagues, don't worry, it's not one that we're in together. Mm-hmm. I bid twenty six dollars on Boyd because I uh, I, I, I and he still had that much money left. Yeah, yeah. I bid twenty six dollars on Boyd because my wide re- it's a league where you only start two wide receivers. My flex is Spencer Ware, mm-hmm. and of course Des is one. And I need another. I'm going to the playoffs. I just need to shore up that second wide receiver because Elshon Jeffrey suspended, and that's the league I started Cameron Meredith in last week. Mm-hmm. So now what I'm what I did is I put twenty six on Boyd and I put a two dollar keep modest bid on LaFell. So we'll see what happens across all my other leagues. There are leagues where I'm going to the playoffs and I have. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Terrell Pryor, and Rashard Matthews. Guess what? I'm still going to go put a $10, $15 bid out on Boyd just to stop some other schmuck from getting him because I don't want you know the good players to go to other teams. I have fab money left. My team is what I see as perfect, a title team, but I'm just going to go through and I'm going to try to troll the other owners and uh, stop them from picking up what could be a very useful fantasy asset that could hurt me in the playoffs. Well, also, I mean, God forbid, like you actually have some more wide-out injuries. <laughs> I mean... It could impact like your seemingly perfect team, you know, yes, exactly. going forward. So, yes, so why so not sure. like, why not like have an insurance policy? I don't care if you're starting Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Mike Evans as your three starting wide receivers. <laughs> Go ahead and just just block another owner from getting no, them. I for mean, sure. at this point, how many stellar Fab pickups are there going to be the rest of the season? Yeah, you know? exactly. You can't take it with you. You need to uh, just make your team as, as well as possible. If you're hanging on to a backup kicker or defense at this point. Absolutely no reason for that, unless you have uh, someone that, you know, if you have a top five tight end, there's no reason to hang on to a second tight end, really, at this point. Um, I mean, and then there's fringe options, you know, some of these injured guys. You could probably even drop A.J. Green to get these guys because I I just, I don't know if we're going to see him the rest of the year. So Tyler Boyd, Brandon LaFell, both those guys, excellent options there. You got one more for us? Yeah, I do want to, like, just mention this fact. Um, Because A.J. Green left that game pretty early, Mm -hmm. um, James Wright... Uh, actually got work on the outside as an outside receiver. Mm-hmm. Granted, he only has six catches for 50 yards on nine targets this season. but So I think he's more of a watch list candidate than anything. Yeah. But it, it's somebody that you're just going to want to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. And who knows? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, never I, really I would not recommend yeah. really picking them up anywhere, even yeah. the deepest of dynasty leagues. Yeah, but, we've got cool features on Rotowire that allow you to put players on a watch list. You'll get, yeah. you get an email or text alert as soon as we get an update. And trust me, if uh, Wright all of a sudden comes out, has a big game, or Coach Marvin Lewis indicates through some statement in practice that he's going to have a bigger role, we'll yeah. get you updated, and then you'll know to get to the waiver wire right. and grab a guy like that. So absolutely something to check out here. We've got a long list of honorable mentions. Another big day for Marquis Lee, who's still only owned in 6% of Yahoo, 4% of ESPN leagues. He had 4 for 52 on a score on a team-high 8 targets. I think he's pretty safe to say that he's passed Alan Hearns on the depth chart, so yes. you, you can go ahead and cut Alan Hearns, pick up Marquis Lee if you're still somehow in that situation. You know, that's a pretty fair statement, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Marquis Lee has just been a, mod- a model of consistency this season. Mm-hmm. He's getting at least... Oh, let's see here. Six targets in all but two games this season. Yeah, hampered by some hamstring stuff uh, in his rookie season, but now he looks good to go. And we always thought he would be a you know PPR type of player than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and he's actually so what far. he's been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Another guy. Uh, you know, we already talked about the Bears and Cameron Meredith, but Marquise Wilson might warrant a look in some really deep formats. I mean, we're down Miller, we're down Jeffrey. Uh, you know, Eddie Royal, maybe not 100%, and Eddie Royal's not really a strong finisher to the season yeah. anyway in, her, in terms of historical notes. So maybe Marquez Wilson, who gets, uh, who's starting to get healthier, he gets a look. But, yes, that's very much of a stretch. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just going to have – you're just going to have to see, like, who Matt Barkley actually has built a rapport with over the course of the season. You, you usually know, like – after that first game, like, hey, does he like targeting Marcus Wilson or is it Eddie Royal? Like, who's his safe? Who's the safe option for him? Yeah, if it's going to be a second team guy or not. Now let's step behind the bar and try to throw darts at the dark bar board from long distance <laughs> here because I want to say Cordero Patterson another eight targets Sunday, so at least some volumes there. And then yeah. another guy to mention is Malcolm Mitchell of the Patriots, who kind of took over the Chris Hogan role when Chris Hogan, who was dealing with a back injury, was was limited. So I mean, so darts, but I mean, yeah. there's certain situations where you would own these guys. Yeah, I guess when it comes to Malcolm Mitchell, it was twofold. Like Chris Hogan was limited in that game, and also Rob Gronkowski was out, so they had a more you know run heavy game plan anyway. Mm-hmm. And I Edelman think, had 17 targets or something. Yeah, crazy. exactly. So I, I just, I mean, yes, it's a huge spec ad if you're mm-hmm. gonna like. If you're hurting that wide out and you see this line, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know with Rob Gronkowski potentially coming back, I, that just you know totally yeah that, uh, that turns might over the offense. Michael Mitchell. So all right, drop candidates. Hearns we mentioned by Felicia AJ Green. Possibly we'll see. I mean, how bad the hamstring tear sure. is. Real quick, tight ends. Last week we talked Eric Ebron, Cameron Bray. Really rehash options here. The one new name that we want to bring up this week. Jared Cook of the Green Bay Packers, 12% Yahoo, 3% ESPN League. So he's owned, or I mean, he's he's very little owned, so there's a good chance you can go out and get him. On Sunday night against the Redskins, he had six catches for 11 targets and 105 yards. All of those were team highs. He also found his way into the end zone. And it should have been two visits to the end zone. Yeah. Remember that uh, swing pass to the left where he, like, started to, where he started to go upfield and then... Uh, you know, he Eric was about to charade ball. me the whole play. Yeah, here. yeah, that's why the microphone stepped back like this. Yeah, but. yeah. But anyway, like he, like basically, it was just miscommunication with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And you know, I think if he had been healthy all season, that would have been a cakewalk touchdown. Yep. So he could have had two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but I mean, I think. Jared Cook could be a difference maker in your fantasy season. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, I know the team as a whole has struggled, but the team struggling has actually been better for Aaron Rodgers as a fantasy quarterback. You know, yeah. obviously fantasy in real life way far apart, but he has I to mean, put it up. 
you know, 35, 40, 50 mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, the rest of the way out, unless they can establish some semblance of a running game, Rodgers is going to throw 40 to 45 pass attempts at a minimum every I th- week. I think so that means there's fantasy yeah. productivity room for Nelson, Cobb, Adams, and Cook. I mean, four guys can be legitimate fantasy options uh, on that league. I mean, it, you could probably do pretty well in the playoffs if you started all four of those guys on your fantasy right. team. So uh, something to keep in mind moving forward. Because I think Jared Cook, I mean, he, I mean, we've seen it, you know, it's been kind of flashes in the past. You know, he did it a little bit with St. Louis. He was inconsistent. We finally gave him a good quarterback this time, though. My yeah. one concern is that the team didn't really game plan for Jared Cook, the Redskins. I mean, they didn't really game plan for Cook to be used this heavily. Teams moving forward will. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the Eagles, who, you know, the Packers play this Sunday, or Monday, rather, I think I think they're they're just actually well coached and they're going to be prepared for the situation mm-hmm. uh but i mean it's the most it, it is also a must-win game for both sides if either or if both teams want to stay in the wild card race yeah so i mean hey, Derek cook three four catches 50 60 yards coin toss for a touchdown yeah. that's still a decent line he's someone yeah. that uh you, you can use consistently i mean you can probably cut richard rogers if you were ro- rostering him for whatever reason his utility's <laughs> gone with cook back Dwayne allen also he played 49 snaps on sunday but zero targets in the passing game i think you can probably go ahead and cut Dwayne allen as Jeez. well jack doyle's their pass catching option there i looked yeah. at the box scores like did Dwayne allen not play oh no he logged 49 snaps all right Jeez. well okay i'm gonna cut him now uh so yeah, yeah i mean I think I was talking about that I was using Fedorowicz. Dwayne Allen is my drop option across the board. I think I think him playing that much though is just indicative of that offensive line being so horrible that they have to keep an extra blocker in on a lot of snaps, and that has seemingly been Dwayne Allen this year. Yeah, he hasn't been able to get into the passing game as much Mm -hmm. as a result. Yeah, that, that seems like a very good explanation for that. What about streaming defense options? Things are getting tough as we got to win to get in the playoffs. Um, the Tennessee Titans are owned in only 16% of Yahoo leagues. They get the Bears and <clears throat> Matt Barkley, where the over-under is 43. Titans got to be one of your top pickups this week, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yes, my, Matt Barkley is probably going to turn the ball over multiple times in this game. Yeah, um, and even if he doesn't turn the ball over, they're only going to score like six points tops. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, know you, I know you have the Lions also on here, but I think we have to mention the Giants as well. They're playing the Browns this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't look at the Giants' ownership percentage. I thought people had owned them a little bit more, but not, you know, now thinking back at it, maybe not I so I think much. They're, they're less than 50% in the less ESPN formats. Okay, yeah. so yeah, actually, the Giants might actually jump the list here. I mean, it's Josh McCown, though. I have more faith in Josh McCown yes. than I do against Matt Barkley. Yeah. So that, that I think I, the Titans would go number one, then the Giants, and then I wrote the Lions down just because they're at home and it's Thanksgiving Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of that intangible factor. Also, they've got Sam Bradford and a dreadful Minnesota offensive line. So, And both teams on a short week. Minnesota can't block anyone. Lions have some decent pass rushing options. So we they're, should, maybe they're a stream guy. We should know, too, that uh, Stefan Diggs is actually dealing with an injury himself, was limited in practice on Monday. Yeah. Well, he was listed as limited because they didn't actually practice. But yeah. it's just if they're – best offensive option is you know somewhat hindered mm-hmm. uh, that definitely helps out the lions prospects the over under on that game is 43 as well so vegas yeah. not expecting there to be a ton of points scored there so hopefully that does it and gets you the win that you need to propel yourself into the playoffs that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the rotowire fantasy football podcast sponsored by fanclash.com also remember to check out rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod once again i'm jake latarski you can follow me on twitter at jakeski 52 and over here i'm eric katuri and you can find me 
on Twitter at ETCAT30. I haven't 100% verified with the schedule yet, but I'm pretty sure the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Wednesday. If not, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.